Just take a seat. I'm going to share first before we have communion. Do I just want us to stay in that just position of worship and just focusing upon him? Musos, can you just stay ready because I feel like God wants to just um, do a little more as we worship this morning. Um, I love how when God just, he, he speaks through the songs that come out of heaven, you know, the, the top verse that I have is from Numbers chapter 6 and it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And I just, um, you know, God's in a good mood. <laughs> he is, he's in a good mood. He's not, he's not uh, grumpy with us. <laughs> and uh, his, his face is actually shining on us. So I just want us to pray and just, just engage with him. Just lift your eyes, turn your eyes and look at him. That he's actually in a really great mood with us, that he loves us. And Lord, we just want to come in and see your face this morning. We, wanna, we want to know you more and the wonders of your person more fully. Holy Spirit, we want to be able to be your, your resting place, that you are within us, but also that you rest upon us. Thank you, Lord. Just calm our hearts and our minds, Lord. We pray peace in this room. That even the little ones would feel your presence right now. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You know, when his face shines upon us, it's a sign of his favour. The shining face of the Father is where it teaches us joy. And he says that the Lord make his face shine on us and be gracious to us and that he would give us peace. You know, and his face, he's actually smiling at us. He actually looks down and he sings over us and he rejoices in us and it brings us joy. When we can grasp hold of that, that the Father is rejoicing over us with singing and that he actually sings a song to us just for us, that it's like we're his masterpiece, his poem, and he's actually just singing words over us, that you're awesome, that you're called to be this or that, that this is the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future, that he's actually singing over us and spinning around over us. That's how he is about us. And, you know, we can see God is only a judge, and yes, he is that, but he's, it's because he's a judge of justice, and the justice is for our sakes. That he's actually in a, a great mood. And so you can lift up your face, you can turn your eyes to him and look fully in his wonderful face and receive all the love and all the peace and all the ability and all what you need. And that's why the Holy Spirit was given to us. You know, Jesus, he walked the earth, he, he did signs and wonders and miracles to show the heart of the Father that everyone who came to him, they were healed. Or all those who were outcast, he brought in close. That was to show the Father what he is, us what the Father is like. And then he died for us and on the third day he rose again and then he walked among his disciples and over 500 people saw him raised from the dead. And then the day came when he went up to heaven and he said, tarry here in Jerusalem, don't run off back to your old way of doing things and your old life, but wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Because he is my deposit within you. He is my, me within you. He's going to go with you. I'm not going to be here walking the earth anymore. But it's better for me to go because then Holy Spirit can come. And this Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And you see that in Acts chapter 2. And he came like tongues of fire, but he was as gentle as a dove. 
You know, when Jesus was baptised, he came out of the water and the heavens were rendered apart and a dove came down and it was the Holy Spirit and the symbol of a dove because he is gentle and loving and kind and bring peace and joy. And you think of a dove and he rested upon the shoulder of Jesus and it was the Holy Spirit filled him then. Jesus called himself over 75 times in the Bible, the Son of Man. That's because Philippians 4 says that he emptied himself. He emptied himself of all that was God so that he could come as man. You know, sometimes we forget that. We go, oh, you know, well, he did all the things he could do because he was Jesus and he was God. Yes, but Philippians 4, um, chapter 2 says, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God, something to cling to, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, making, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. 78 times Jesus actually refers to himself as the son of man and you go, why would he do that? It's because he wants us to know that, that man can walk the earth and be filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God, And so that you can then do the things that Jesus did. We can go, well, Jesus walked on water. Jesus healed the lame. He opened blind eyes. He unstopped deaf ears. And we go, well, that was Jesus. No, Jesus himself, it says in Philippians, emptied himself and became fully a man so that then the Holy Spirit, when he came upon him on the... And that when he was baptised and he came out of the water and the the Holy Spirit came upon him and he did all those things as a man filled with the power of God. I want you to grab hold of that this morning because that's so important to us. Jesus demonstrated that we can do the works that he also did as a man, as a woman. Think about that for a minute. We can also do the works that Jesus did when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the moment that we are born again, the moment you ask Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit comes to reside and live with us. And when you ask him to, that power will be released in us. And we can do the works that Jesus did. And you know what? The only reason we don't is because we don't expect it. We don't expect that we are worthy enough. We don't expect that we know enough. We don't expect that God would use us. And he says if the Holy Spirit sees that we are worthy enough to abide within, how can we not be worthy enough? Holy Spirit lives within you. The moment you ask Jesus into your heart, he comes to abide within us. That's amazing truth, that he abides within us. And he's given without measure. We can enjoy on a daily basis the same power, the same closeness, the same intimacy with God, the Father and Holy Spirit as Jesus did. You know, Jesus only did the works that the Father said to do. And then, you know, we've been singing this morning, just turn your face upon me. Just, you know, look at my wonderful face. I'm smiling down at you. I'm pleased with you. And he wants to use us. And he wants, you know, we've been given the Holy Spirit without measure so that we would have him to guide us, to comfort us, but also that he would give us an appetite for the impossible. The Holy Spirit's job is to comfort and to guide and to teach You know, we don't need anyone else to teach us in the sense that he is there to teach us and guide us, that he will prompt you, that he will let you know when you're not doing the right thing or where you need to go and do this. But he also is given as a catalyst and to cause an appetite to rise up within us to do impossible things. Come on now. 
Think about that. And if we don't have an appetite for the impossible, then something's out of line. If you can do, do it easy, then you don't have an appetite enough. If you can just believe for, oh, yeah, I can do that, there's no faith needed. We need to lift our expectation of what God can do in us because God, the resurrection power of God resides in the with it. The, one, the resurrection power, the Holy Spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead, that opened blind eyes, that just, you know, walked on water, all those things, that resides on in the inside of us. He resides on the inside of us. And if we don't have an appetite for being doing the impossible things, we need to get some things right in our life. We need to build our faith with God's word that he will wants to use us. And we get so bogged down with the things of the world and the things that just so easily come in. You know, the devil knows who's inside of us. And so he tries to just trip us up. Oh, well, come over here. Come over here and get involved in this because then there, well, he knows that we won't feel worthy to then go out and pray for the sick or go out and share Jesus. He knows where our little weak spots are and, he, he, and the enemy plays on it. You know, demons actually track you and they try and make you keep on stripping up on the same old stuff all the time. And we've got to wise up to that because we are power machines because we have Holy Spirit within us. We don't have to keep on beating ourselves up over and over and over and over with the same things. We've got to realise who we are in Christ, that we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, that the curse of the law of sin and death is broken off our lives. We are a new creation. We're a new species. I want you to look at yourselves in the mirror when you get home and when you get up in the morning say, I'm a new person. I'm a new species. I've never been seen before and I can do exploits for God that I am, I, and stir up your appetite for the for the impossible you know I, I crave for God to disuse me but you know we've got to do it in the secret place we've got to do it in our time with him so we're not just doing it out there when we're in front of everybody that we look in the mirror and we see who we are and who is in us it's no longer I that live that Christ that lives within me and stop beating ourselves up and saying well I'm a lowly sinner or I've done all these things and stop reminding others too well, you did this. Cut it out. You are, you are a new person. And if you've messed up, you know, you don't have to be washed all over again. You just wash your feet. You know, Jesus, he, he washed the disciples' feet. And, and Peter said, you can't wash me. And he says, well, if I don't, you can have no part of me. And, and Peter goes, well, wash all of me. And he goes, I don't need to. Calm down, Peter. You know, he's always getting them, you know, a bit excited. <laughs> and he says, I don't need to. And he knelt down and he just washed his feet. He says, well, if we get muddy feet, if we get pick up on stumps of the world, things of the world, we just have to allow Jesus to wash our feet. Just let him wash your feet. And then get back out there and do impossible things. You know, Peter, they would, they would know that he was in town. And he was so fit. He, he you know, the Holy Spirit is in us. I'm going to get the quote because it's a really good one. I've been thinking about it. It's Bill Johnson. He says this in it. Holy Spirit, he is in me for my sake, but he is upon me for yours. When he is upon us, it especially changes others around us. Your Holy Spirit was within us for our sakes to comfort and guide us, but he rests upon us for others' sakes. 
He's in us for our sakes, but he's upon us for others' sakes. And Peter, he would walk through the town, you know, and your shadow is cast. And people would put their sick and their lame and all those things out on the side of the road. And his shadow, like Ruby's little shadow there, and it would touch It would touch those people on the side of the road that needed healing and they would get healed by his shadow. Come on now, when you walk down the street, that your shadow would heal people because the Holy Spirit, it's like stuff comes off you. You know, Jesus, when he walked through the crowd and there was people so close up against him and and it's like this woman with the issue of blood that she'd been bleeding for 12 years, she spent all her money trying to get better and she just reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and straight away he knew that power had come out from him because he was so aware of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time that we expected when somebody brushed up against us from walking down the street and bang, something happened? When was the last time that you expected when you walked along and you were playing, you know, shadows, and your shadow healed someone? This is Bible. This is, this is what God wants for us. And we get so weighed down with the things of the world and the sin that so easily entangles us. And he's saying, your shadow, your shadow, when you walk along the street, can heal people. When you're at school, your shadow, because you're so filled with the power of God, the resurrection, it's in the very DNA of who we are, can heal people, that it can touch people, that it can let them know that they are loved because there's so much within you. We've got to realise who we are. He's in us for our sakes, but he's upon us for others' sakes. If in the natural we thought about having a dove sitting on our shoulder and we want to go about life without that dove flying away, how are we going to live? Every step we would take would be with the dove in mind, wouldn't it? And that's what Holy Spirit, he wants us to be like. That we are so mindful that he is, he's within us, but he's also upon us. That we're so aware of his presence all around us and that we just don't want him to lift off for one second. That we, it makes us mindful of where we go, what we watch, what we say. That not one word would come out of our mouth that we would offend him. That's how, that's how we can be assured that when our shadow passes by, that something's going to happen because we're so mindful of the Holy Spirit and we're like, just stay close. He's within us, but he also rests upon us. And just stay close because I'm going to go into this shop and somebody's going to need, need me and something happens. You know, we want God to use us, but we've got to practice just being aware of his presence in the everyday life, in the secret place that we would just sit and just rest in his presence. And, let, and just, if, I mean, I'm a visual person, so that, that helps me. I just think if I just see the Holy Spirit like a dove resting on my shoulder, he's within me, but he's also upon me. He's upon me to help others. And that I would not want to mess around and shake and get angry or, you know, stomp around the house because that would, that would just cause him to float away. Do you know what I mean? Not that he's going to do that, but you see the visual thought of that, just that we wouldn't do things that would cause to grieve him at all. That he's just resting upon us. Because he wants us to have an appetite for the supernatural. He wants us to, you know, he's given without measure. And fullness is, 
It's not like when you open a bottle and that's full. Fullness is actually when you're overflowing. So how full are we allowing our lives to be of God? Because he gives without measure, but we can go, no, you can't have that part of my life. Or just, you can have here, but I'll just don't want that bit. And fullness is when we overflow. It's not when we just, you know, sits at the top. It's when we overflow. We overflow with his love and his joy and his peace. When we overflow. And when you get in the Holy Spirit's presence and you just let him rest upon you, something starts to bubble up. You know, we're not a lake. He says I, that Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will fill us with rivers. And we sang that this morning, rivers of living water. Not a lake, a river. A river flows. A lake is still. We have rivers of living water flowing on the inside of us, but you can stick the cork on. And the Holy Spirit wants to fish you up a little bit. He wants to stir you up that you expect more, that your shadow would touch people's lives and something would happen. You know, Charles Finney, he's a great revivalist back in the 1800s, 1800s, and he would his train would go through town and he, he was on it. And he wouldn't even stop in the town and people would fall to their knees and cry out to God in repentance and get saved. He didn't even stop in the, in the town. His train just went through. Come on. That's what God wants us to expect, that we would have an appetite for impossible, crazy, out there things to happen. And he wants to use you. You, because he sees that you are worthy. He sees that you are forgiven. He sees that you are, that impossible things can happen through your life. We've got to expect more. We've got to expect more. Because the same Holy Spirit that rested in, in and upon Jesus is within us. He's within us. And we get so bogged down. Let's just shake off those things that so bog us down and expect that God would use us to do mighty things. He, Jesus said, you will do more than I, would do, I have done. A shadow will always release whatever overshadows us, what we give place to. We will always reflect in our countenance the nature of what we are most aware of, either heaven or earth. If we live in the realities of God's presence, we will release that. A shadow will always release whatever overshadows us. What's overshadowing you this morning? What are you giving place to in your life? What are you giving place to in your life? I just want us to take a few minutes just to worship him and just to, and then we're going to take communion. But I want you to just, what's overshadowing you? Because your shadow, what, what is around you, is always going to be what overshadows you. And the Holy Spirit wants to be the one that overshadows, that we would be a resting place for him. That he's within us, but he's also upon us. So what are you giving place to in your life this morning? Because I tell you what, there's so much more than what we're experiencing at the moment. Has anybody raised the dead this week? Has anybody opened blind eyes? And deaf, deaf ears? Seen camps is dissolved? Pray for someone to be saved? Come on now. This is what we're made for. 
Now, Jesus did it, didn't give us the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, you know, wait for the Holy Spirit to come so we could have a nice little time. I'm just going to give you a few little jobs to do. He gave us the Holy Spirit. It says dyna- dynam- dynamic power, dynamis power is in the Greek. Dynamis, which means dynamite power. Now, you don't have dynamite power sitting there inside of you to just, you know, do a few little nice things. You have dynamite power to do something, to change things, to blow up things that shouldn't be there. Yes? So what are we doing with the power and the Holy Spirit resting upon us and within us? What are we giving place to? And if we don't have an appetite for the impossible, then we need to figure out what we're giving place to. Are we just mindful of little old me? Are we looking out there and saying, what can I get my teeth into? What can I do? What impossible thing can I put my faith towards? Because that's why we're here still. Otherwise, we could have gone straight to heaven when we got saved. You're here for a reason. You're in this city for a reason. What are you doing with what God has given you, what he's entrusted you, that the Holy Spirit was within us for our sake, but he's upon us for other sakes? Yum, 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 yum. Every time Dale's speaking, God's saying, I've got to say, yum, 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 yum. You've got to eat him up. We've got to take him. That's what that's all about. It's all right, Sharon. We've got to take in what God has for us and eat it up. Yeah? We've got to eat up what he has for us and not just spit it back out again. <laughs> yeah? We've got to take it, take it in. I'm, going to, I'm just going to stop talking. We're going to worship him. I want you to just really look at your heart, look at your mind and say, Lord, what am I giving place to? Is it giving place to you being so... F- You know, he gives without measure, but are we putting him to the side and putting him on the outside when he wants to be in the centre? What are we giving place to this morning? And just, if the stuff that you know isn't right, just let it go because what he's trying to get to us is so much more and he wants to use us to do impossible. Let him stir up an appetite for the impossible, every one of us. If 12 men could change the world, I tell you what, we can turn Perth on its head. Come on now. If 12 men can change the world and go out into all the world and preach the gospel and set the oppressed free and open blind eyes and raise the dead, what can this room do? It can turn this place, it can turn this whole state, this whole nation, this whole region on its head. That's why we've been given the Holy Spirit, that He resides in us for our sakes and He resides upon us for their sakes. So let's give Him place this morning. Let's stand and just lay aside everything and just say, God, I give you place this morning. You use me to do impossible things and stir up the appetite within me to use me to do impossible things. Let's stand and just cry out to God. Ask His forgiveness where you're getting stuck with stuff that is not of Him. I want everybody to just raise their hands right now. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and just bestow His gifts and stir up those ones that you've been squashing down, those ones you've walked away from, those ones you've pushed to the side and not come and just 
allow to flow out of you. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance first. And then we're just going to ask Holy Spirit to come upon us in a greater measure and to stir up those things that he has placed within us and release them in our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, we just come to you and we ask for your forgiveness for all those things that we've been thinking and doing that are not worthy of you. Ask you, forgive me. Just confess anything if you know you need to, just quietly under your breath, just confess it to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Say, sorry, Lord, just cleanse me. I ask for your forgiveness right now. I might have walked away from you. I'm choosing things that I know I shouldn't. And the enemy has nothing to accuse you with. Come on, let's do that. So the enemy has nothing to accuse us with. Just ask for Jesus' forgiveness and he says he'll take our sin and take it as far as the east is from the west. That it would be no more. There would be no remembrance of it. He says he, no, he remembers it no longer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just give it to him. Stop dragging around. Now raise your hands and know that you are washed clean, that you are loved, that God smiles down upon you and he's in a good mood with you and just expect him to fill you to overflowing, not just to the top but to overflowing and that his gifts and his power would reside upon you and within you. Just raise your hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill me to overflowing. Let your rivers of living water flow through me today. In Jesus' name. Lord, let the gifts bubble up within me. Just receive this morning. Receive by faith, knowing that the Father loves you. And He wants to use you to do impossible things. That won't be you, it'll be Him within you and upon you. So Holy Spirit, come right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come right now in Jesus' name. Just receive this morning. Receive, receive. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes so you can focus on Him. Just lift up your hands and say, God, more. I want more. I want more, Lord. I want more, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just cry out to God. You know, the awesome thing about when um, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon Jesus and filled him and came upon him was that the clouds parted. You know, before that, the enemy, the devil, was known as the prince of the airways. Uh, and so Jesus made, God, the Father knew what he was doing. When the clouds parted, it was him breaking through and saying, no more. And so it was rendered, the clouds were rendered apart and the Holy Spirit came down. And when the temple's curtain was torn in two from top to bottom, it was rending that separation done away with. And so, you know, we often talk about having an open heaven over our, our heads and <clears throat> having that connection with heaven and earth. 
and people go, oh, well, it's, you know, it's like brass over my head and, and it's just closed in. You know, that's not correct. Because the Holy Spirit, he came through like a blast through the clouds and he rested upon the Son of Man. And when the temple curtain was torn apart, it was like there was no separation anymore. And then Jesus, when he be- went back to heaven, what did he do? He went up through the cloud saying, these are mine. And so we don't have a closed heaven above our heads anymore. We have a direct access between us and the Father, between earth and heaven. So over you is an open heaven and you realise that and then things will start to happen. That's how the shadows of Peter healed because there was an open heaven all around him and you have the same open heaven over you. The clouds parted. The temple curtain was torn in two. Jesus went up and said, the clouds belong to me. The airways belong to me. And the only way the devil comes in is when we speak, oh, it's so heavy. Oh, it's so clouds, you know, heavy and closed over my head. And the heavens are like brass. They're not. There's an open heaven all around you. And that's how stuff happens. And when you spread that out, that's when miracles happen all around us. And that's when heaven comes to earth in greater measure. But you already have that. You already have that access and that openness. And if you can visualize that when you're walking down the street, I have an open heaven. Watch out. I've got an open heaven here. I've got an open heaven. And that's the covenant that he has made with us, that there is access, bang, straight there. That's how you can step in. You can float up. You can ride on the clouds, it says. Those who ride on the clouds, Isaiah says. That's us. So don't think that it's like, oh, it's so hard. It's not. It's already been done. You just got to tap into what's already there. And we're, you know, when we take communion, that is a reminder that, that all the separation has been done away with and it's a covenant, a promise that there is access. Because the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. Why would there be any separation? Why would he give the Holy Spirit for them there to be a separation? Holy Spirit within us and the Father are one. Think of that. So there's an open heaven over our heads right now. And we can just, when we take communion, it's a reminder of what Jesus has done, that he's washed away every sin and every hindrance and every separation so that we can be one with him. Isn't that cool? There's an open heaven over our heads and all around us. Think about that when you're walking down the street, when you get in your car, when you go to work. There's an open heaven. What can heaven do today? Yeah? Thank you, Lord. Amen.